well, good morning again. So, so we're in week three of our series, Daily Reminders. And, and a lot of what this is, we're, we're talking about these, these things that help us to grow in our relationship with Jesus. And, and it helps not only with our relationship with Jesus, but our relationship with others. And, and the funny thing is, it's okay. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but apparently it's funny. We'll go there. We'll just... <laughs> it's okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, hey, at least we can have fun, right? We're supposed to have fun in church. Amen? Amen. So, hey, with that being said, I got a question for you. If I was willing to give you $1,440 a day, give it to you and say, this is yours, who would be willing to take it? Probably everyone here, right? Yeah. Now, now you know I can't just give you $1,440 a day without a catch, right? There's got to be some type of catch. It's like, wait, ain't no way you're just going to give me that much money, and, and there's got to be a catch. Well, here's the catch. I'll give you $1,440 a day, but you have to spend $20 a day on me. That, that's a pretty good deal, isn't it? It's not a good deal? You're not going to spend $20 a day on me? <laughs> Man, little Scott back there, it ain't happening. There's, there's, there's got to be a bigger catch. There's got to be a bigger hook. You, you, you're reeling me in for something here. But, but think about it. So all you got to do is spend $20 a day on me. So that means, you know, I'll give you $1,440. You spend 20 bucks on me. That's a pretty good deal, right? Now, and some of you guys will be saying, you know, man, this is really nice. You know, Pastor Kim was so nice. He keeps giving me, you know, this money every single day. And I get this money and all he's asked is $20. You know what? Today I'm going to give him something more. I'm going to buy him something different. And maybe some days you'll spend more than $20, right? At least that would be my hope. You know, hey, if I'm being generous, hopefully you'd be generous back, right? So, so it seems like a good deal, right? Most of y'all would do it. I know I'd do it. If one of y'all wanted to give me $1,440 a day and all I had to do was spend 20 on you, heck, I would tell you from the get-go I'll spend more than $20 a day on you. I would. So, but here's the deal. Did you know that God gives you 1,440 minutes in a day? Now think about that. So there's 1,440 minutes in a day. So now the question is, how much of all that time that he gives you do you spend with him or spend on him? Now think about it. Think about if you took, hey, you know what? Hey, that same deal, Pastor Ken would give me $1,440. All I got to do is spend $20 on him. How about if we took them 1,440 minutes a day that God gives us and spent 20 minutes a day on him? learning his word, meditating on his word, digging into what his word says. Now, unfortunately, I'm here to tell you because I even heard it on Thursday night, so I'm going to call the youth out for this. Pastor, I just don't have time. I got all this homework. I got basketball. I got this. I got, I got so many excuses, you know, and, and they got all these excuses on why they can't read God's word, but yet they'll play Fortnite. They'll play video games. They'll watch YouTube. They'll, they'll spend 18 hours a day on their phone, but none of it in the Bible app. But here's the thing. How many of us adults do the same thing? We're given each day 1,440 minutes by our God to do whatever we want with. And my thing would be, give him 20 minutes back. At least 20 minutes. Take that time, meditate on his word. And as we talk about daily reminders, that's actually what we're talking about today. Our daily reminder today is actually meditating on God's word. You know, back in week one, we talked about putting first things first. So the first thing that should be in our life, we should seek God first. And as we all have these routines, knowing that there's going to be times that God may mess up our routines and call us to do something different, but we need to be obedient to what he calls us to do. You know, last week we, oh man, 
Okay, so last, last week we talked about gratitude. You know, we're always really quick to, to oh man, I thank God for this, I thank God for this, but how often do we thank God for who he is? And, and that's really where, you know, we got to take that time and thank him for not only what he's done for us, but who he is. And like I said, this week we're going to talk about meditating on God's word and and really, I think that having a daily routine of meditating on God's word is important for our spiritual growth. It's important for us to take that time, dig into God's word, and make it a daily routine. Take part of that 1,440 minutes a day and take that time to actually do a daily routine and meditate on it. And the whole application is I think we need to develop this daily routine. I think. It's not something that comes natural, but actually take time and say, you know what, I'm going to take, I'm going to give God 20 minutes back today, and I'm going to make this daily routine of meditating on his word and digging deeper into it so it helps my spiritual growth and helps my relationship with him. Sounds pretty simple, right? Yeah. So now everyone's going to put and say, you know what, today I'm going to give $20 back to Pastor Ken, and I'm going to give 20 minutes to God. Amen. Amen. Sounds easy, right? I bet there's still days that it don't happen. And you know why I can say that? Because I do the same thing. Uh, oh, man, today's going to be the day. And then guess what? Today is not the day. There's something comes up, life happens, and, and whatever it is. But thank God we have his word when it comes to that. So today we're actually going to be in Psalm 119 which is the biggest psalm in the Bible. And actually, it's right about, if you look, it's right about almost the middle of the Bible. Um, so we're going to spend time in, in Psalm 119. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew. Uh, in the back of the pew is going to be on page 704. Uh, as always, it will still be up here on the screen. But can you all do me a favor? Let's all rise for the reading and the hearing of God's word. So Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16, and read it with me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Lord, may you be blessed. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I proclaim all the judgments from your mouth. I rejoice in the way revealed by your decrees as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts. I think about your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. This is the word of God. Praise be to God. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Uh, so th this whole... The, part of this scripture in Psalm 119, uh, I think it's interesting the question that it starts with. How can a young man keep his way pure? How many of you have ever asked yourself, man, how can I be holy? How can I be more like Jesus? How can I be better than what this world has laid on me? How, and, and we ask this question on, on, on how we can do this or how we can be pure before God. And, and I want to let you know that as we, we talk about this, man, I just wish I could have this pure heart that they talk about in the Scripture. And don't get caught up in Satan deceiving you because here's a reality of I, I want to be holy. I want to be perfect. We will never, ever be perfect on the face of this earth. So if you're striving to be perfect, you're striving down a road that you're never going to accomplish. If you're striving to be holy, you're never going to be totally holy while we're here in this sinful flesh. So don't fall for what Satan calls. But, but here's the thing. We, as we try to live and be perfect, we're not going to be perfect, but we can be better. We can be better than we were yesterday. We can be better than we were the day before. But ultimately, we're not called to be pure, perfect in this world. We're called to be obedient. We're called to be obedient to what God's word calls us to be. We're called to, 
to live out this life of, of what God's word calls us as Christ followers to do. And we're called to be more like Jesus. Now, we're never going to be pure. We're never going to be holy. But we can be better than we were the day before. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in, in being perfect. I mean, you, you look at anything out there. How hard is it to be perfect? Most of us can't even be perfect when we first get up in the morning. I mean, it may last for like 30 seconds. And, and, and then, you, then your mind wakes up. And all of a sudden, here comes the imperfections. You know, and, and we start doing things that the world calls us to do, or whatever it may be. And, and that's what I really like about the, what this psalm does. Because if you look at this psalm, it, it kind of gives you this if-then statement, or, or these action things that we have to do in order to move forward. And I really like the way the psalmist lays this out, because the psalmist asked a question. And then it's almost like it's a self-teaching moment with the, with the person who wrote this psalm and they're kind of answering and going back and forth. And, and, and maybe it's this teaching moment for ourselves. You know, you think about how many times, man, uh, how can I keep my ways pure? Well, if I, you know what, if I do this, well, maybe if I do this, or, or maybe if I try this. And, and so it's almost the psalmist is doing the same thing. He's taking this teaching, teachable moment to himself, but it also is there for us because it's in the word of God so that we can actually do the same thing, have that teachable moment for each one of us. And so I'm actually kind of go verse by verse on this, um, kind of the way I did last week. And in verse nine, it says, how can a young man keep his way pure? And it says, by keeping your word. By keeping your word, it's an automatic action. It's how am I going to do this? The very first thing on my list is, is I've got to keep your word. Lord, if I'm going to be pure, if I'm going to follow you, I need to know what your word says. So it's kind of a very basic beginning to what can I do? And, and, and how am I going to do this? And, and so it goes into by keeping his word. And you notice it requires a human effort. It requires something for us to do. Because here's the reality that it requires movement. You know, I've said it before, waiting on God isn't sitting on your couch eating Cheetos. I'm waiting on the Lord. It requires action on your part. We're required to do something. And that's the same thing you see here. It's that human effort is a large part into living this lifestyle and, and living for what God wants us to do and what God has for us. Um, we, it's something we can't do it alone. We, we can't do it by ourselves. It's not a lone wolf kind of thing. And, and the reality is you will never even <coughs> you will never even get on this road to walk in impurity and holiness if you're unwilling. Because the reality is, is God's just not going to say, okay, here is my holiness and here is my purity if you're not asking for it. If you're not willing to take the steps of obedience to do what his word calls you to do. It, it takes that part on us because unfortunately here in this life, we, we're kind of caught in between. You know, we kind of, hey, this is what the world says to do. And it makes a lot of sense. You know, and, and unfortunately, sin, you know, looks like it could be fun to do because most sin is like, hey, man, we're going to go party. We're going to go do this. Yeah, awesome. You know, and, and then the next day you wake up and we're yeah, oh, I can't believe I did that. And then normally it's I can't believe that I did that again, you know, because we all fall into it again and we do it again over and over. But we got to take that time and realize that We've got to be willing vessels to be used by God. We've got to be open to being obedient to what his word calls us to do. And we need to be ready to take the steps that he calls us to take. And, and that's what the psalmist, as you look at this, he's basically saying, by keeping your word. So it's, a, it's this action on the part of not only the psalmist of 
How can I keep myself pure? But for each one of us, how can we keep ourselves pure? And it all starts back with God's word. He goes on, it says, I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. Uh, again, you see this if then or this action statement in here. Uh, I like the, he states, all my heart. When's the last time you really did something with all your heart? You know, a lot of people will say, oh, I, I, I follow Jesus, I'm a Christ follower, and, and I've given him my whole heart. And then life happens. Or you go out and you do something that's against what God's word calls you to do. He, he's talking about he's seeking him with his whole heart. Uh, I, he, he wants to fully envelop his life with God. Seeking him with his whole heart. He, he's talking about this desire to find God and to keep God in his sights. How many of you wake up every single day, man, today's going to be the day I seek God with all my heart? We may start the day like that, right? I'm going to seek him with all my heart today. And then you get him in your car and you start to drive to work. And there ain't no more seeking God. You're seeking the fast lane. You're seeking on how you can get around these people that are in your way. You're seeking everything but God. Yeah, I think when we look at this to, to understand that if we're seeking him with this, our whole heart, I like the part, so I don't wander. Yeah, how many people wander during the course of their day? I know I do. I'm guilty of it. I'll be here in the church and, and I'll be going, you know, hey, I'm going to go do something. And as Patty puts it, all of a sudden I had that squirrel moment. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this squirrel. And I start going someplace else. And then I got so many pots on the stove that I don't know what's going on. And, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, man, I just got to get organized. And, and then, okay, I'm going to focus on this. And I start to focus on it. And then squirrel, I go someplace else. Well, we do the same thing with God's word. We, we start out, we're saying, hey, you know what, I, I'm going to seek you with my whole heart. And, and then something happens and we kind of go in a different direction and we kind of wander away from God. And, and that's what the psalmist is talking about here is that he sought him and, and that he, he's basically asking God, don't let me wander. Don't let me wander away from your word, from your precepts, from what you want me to do. Keep me focused on you which is how we need to try and live our life. And it reveals that each one of us in our life, everyone has this need for something. And I called it on Saturday, I was talking to some of the men, I actually called it a God particle. You know, we all have this God particle inside of us that we're searching for something bigger than what we are and something we don't understand. We got that God-sized hole in our heart and everyone in the world searching for it. The problem is some of us search in the wrong places. Some of us search within the bottle or we search within a drug or we search within pornography or we search the next man or woman that we're going to be with. And instead of searching for it in God and his word, we, we try and search for this meaning every place else. And, and the only place we're going to find it is when we search for him with our whole hearts when we actually follow him and pray that we don't wander away from what he calls us to do. It goes on. It's going to be one of them days. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. How many of you have memorized this verse? I know I've heard a lot of people, a lot of people will say it, you know, <clears throat> I've treasured your word. I've treasured the word of God in my heart so that I won't sin against him. And it sounds good, right? But how many of us have treasured his word in our heart and still sinned against him? You know, oh, I'm not going to, but then we do. I think a lot of people memorize this and it's this whole effort of being 
closer to God, being who he calls us to be, trying to do the right thing. And I think it's all about storing up, you know, God's word into our heart. And I think it makes a big difference in our life when we can actually store it into our heart. And the psalmist here, he's treasuring God's word. He's, he's treasuring the commands and the precepts and the instructions inside God's word and saying, hey, I'm going to store them in my heart. They're going to be there forever to help me do what you called me to do. You notice, again, this is voluntary. God didn't tell him to do this. This is something that each one of us, to be more like Jesus, to be obedient to his word, that we actually voluntarily take the time and willfully act to memorize God's word, to have it in our heart. Now, I love the conversation. I have it all the time with people. Well, pastor... I just can't memorize scripture. You know, I've gotten older and my memory just ain't what it used to be. How many of y'all ever said that? I know I'm guilty of it. Man, I just can't. Back in the day, I could read a book. You could ask me about that book six weeks later and I'll tell you word for word what it said. I can't remember what I said this morning. But, but here's the reality. I think sometimes we need to go back to what we were taught in kindergarten. Remember in kindergarten, we were taught that can't never could do anything. And, and we, we, when we say can't, well, guess what? Can't never did anything anyways. We need to take that can't out of our life and, and actually realize that we do have the ability to still memorize things. Our brain has the ability to hold so much information all of this information, and you think about how many of you guys you're watching Jeopardy, and they ask this question, and out of left field, you got the answer. And then you're thinking, man, how did I know that answer? You know, it's that, that's things that are stored in our mind. And the problem is when we stop trying to store things, when we stop trying to memorize things, and we stop using it, we're going to lose it. So you want to continually go after and continually use your brain and, and allow it to function the way that it's supposed to function. Your brain can recall millions of bits of information. Think about that. It's just most of the time when we don't use it, we lose it. So we need to take that time. And, and I want to encourage you that you can memorize Scripture. You can still memorize Scripture and you can still hide that scripture in your heart. And I had a conversation yesterday with one of the guys. And I said, you know, it's funny. I said, I'm good at knowing, hey, this is what God's word says. And I've got a lot of verses memorized. But the thing that's hardest for me to remember is, oh, that's Ephesians 4.29. Or, hey, that's. John 3.17, or that's 1 John 3.16. I can tell you a lot of what it says. Hey, God's word says this. But it's that whole, the address of it kind of thing is the part that I've actually got to work on. And, you know, and I know even as a pastor, it's something I got to work on. And my 2024 planner every day has a new piece of scripture in it. And I challenge myself this year that every day with that new scripture, I'm going to memorize that scripture each day. So by the end of this year, I'm going to have 365 verses memorized. Now, it's pretty easy because some of them, op I open it up and I'm like, yep, I already know that one. You know, so it made the day easy. <laughs> but then there's some, I'm like, oh, wow, you know. <laughs> but so, so really taking that time to challenge myself because that's exactly what we're called to do here, as, even as the psalmist tells us. And, and it's part of that weapon, that, that battle that we have. And, and if I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart, mind, soul, and spirit, I need to understand what his word says. And I need to place his word on my heart so that I'm willingly able to pull it back at another time. And I'm able to have it to guide my life as I continue to go forward. <clears throat> I like in next 12. Lord, may you be blessed. Teach me your statutes. You know, we talked about this last week. 
giving gratitude to God for who he is, not just what we get. You know, it's very easy. Lord, thank you for giving me the money to pay my bills. Well, how about, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thanking him for who he is. Um, Again, it's, I think it's also, this is the very center of this scripture. So after going through, how can I keep myself pure? I've got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And then right in the middle of it, Bless you, Lord. Lord, bless you. Taking that time to to give honor to the creator. Here, the person who knit you in your mother's womb knows you better than anyone else. We need to take that time and give him the gratitude. You know, one of the sayings we got nowadays, and most of y'all say, God is good. There you go. Automatic, isn't it? It's like, God is good all the time. It's just this whole thing. It just naturally comes back. And you think about when we do that, we're we're given kind of that sovereignty, that holiness, everything that belongs to him. We're giving back to him just by saying that. And it's coming from our heart. And guess what? You've said it so many times that now it's become second nature. Imagine God's word being able to roll off your lips the same way. Someone say something to you and you just automatically continue to go on with whatever the scripture may say or whatever God's word may say. Well, that, that's what we're called to do here. And, and even in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, we're supposed to rejoice always. So we need to take that time to rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in everything that he's doing in our life. Amen? Amen. Next thing, with my lips, I proclaim all the judgments from your mouth. Proclaiming the rules of God. Proclaiming God's word. If you don't put it in your heart, you're not going to be able to proclaim it from your lips. You take that time, and, and, and here it's still this submissive act of obedience um, that recognizes the authority of God and is willing to take those steps to move forward. Verse 14, I rejoice in the way revealed by your decrees as much as in all riches. Man, I'm going to rejoice in your word, God, more than all the riches in the world. Think about that. I would rather have God's word on my heart than all the riches in the world. Some of y'all may be, man, pastor, I just want that $1,440 a day. All the riches in the world, his word means more than all of that. And here the psalmist delights in God's word because he believes of the value in it. And see, so many times we just put this money value on stuff instead of the reality of how valuable God's word is to each one of us. How valuable it is to us as we move forward and, and as we're obedient and as we have these conversations with people. It's just, it, it's pleasing, it's worth more than silver and gold. But we take it for granted and we don't take that time to meditate on it or to rejoice in his word. Yeah, you know, I, I think about that, that whole rejoice thing. You ever seen someone like win a major award and you see their face? They're like so excited. You know, we just came out of Christmas. So you got the Christmas story and, and the father wins this. It's a big award. And it's from Fragili, so it must be Italian. And he gets his lamp, and he's so excited because it's a major award. And he puts it in his front window and goes out on the street, and he's telling everyone, it's a major reward. You see that excitement on his face? How about, how many, the price is right? Y'all watch the prices or seen the price? Then people are happy, right? They are overjoyed because they won something. And it's crazy. You see that joy on their face? Well, when's the last time you had that much joy when you spent time in God's Word? Or how much joy you had just hearing God's Word? And that's what he calls us to do, to have that joy. And I think back of, you know, someone who accepts Jesus and then they're baptized. Man, you see people come up out of the water after being baptized. Man, they're like joyful, right? I've never, ever baptized anyone when I brought them up out of the water and said, Pastor, I think that was a mistake. 
Most people come up out of that water and they're excited. You see that joy, the happiness on their face. And, and then somewhere along the line, life gets in the way and we forget that joy. That, that joy gets stolen from us and we need to remember to put them first things first. Putting God first back in our life and taking joy in, in what he sees, revealing the joy that we get through God's word. And think about when was the last time that you can honestly say your heart leaped with joy hearing God's word? And it's something really to think about. Do our hearts leap with joy at the hearing of God's word? That's what the psalmist is talking about. And I think as we look at these daily reminders, to get that joy back in our life. We have allowed life in general, the world and everything about it to suck that joy out of us. We need to put that joy back into our lives. Verse 15 says, I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. I'm going to meditate on your precepts. Meditate, ponder upon, you know, think, get really in, in depth on, on what you're going to do with it. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, in, in in the world today, you think, oh, you're meditating, and we think of this you know, like Far Eastern kind of thing, you know? Like you're sitting there with your legs crossed, home, you know? That's not the meditating we're talking about. Yeah, right? I'm going to meditate. Oh, you're one of them people, huh? No, guess what? We need to meditate on God's Word every day. And meditate is that same thing. It's taking that time. Clear your mind of what the world's got going on and just dig into His Word. Take that time to really dig in to what his word has to say. Dig in to find that joy in his word. Dig in and understand that what, what, what you're reading is the right thing. It's that obedience to what God calls us to be. It's making him the Lord of your life and really having him be the Lord of your life. See, I think too many times we meditate on the wrong thing. Some of y'all sitting in here already meditating on, man, I got to go grocery shopping. I got a meeting tomorrow morning at work. I've got Buffalo plays tonight. Still meditating on my Cowboys losing last week. You know, <laughs> but we meditate on so many wrong things. Well, we need to take that time to actually be meditating on his word and digging into what, what he wants us to do because by meditating on his word, thinking about his ways, guess what? It's going to bring that joy back that we're missing and allow us to go where he's called us to go. And it's, it's, I think it's all about focus. You know, in this world, we focus on way too many things. We need to allow our eyes to focus back on his word to focus on the things of God, the things that God calls us to do through obedience to him and be willing to take those steps. It, be willing to, to do what he calls us to do. And in verse 16, he goes all the way back to the beginning. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. The last verse we find the psalmist going back to to the action of delighting in God's word. And I like that whole, I delight in it. I, uh, your word's revealing to me. I enjoy it. All these different things that come to my mind when I think of delight. You know, I delight in some ice cream. Think of the things in your life that you delight in that bring joy into your life. And if the top of that list is not reading God's word, your priorities are messed up. So your daily priority needs to change. Now, there's a whole lot of things I delight in. But I know I need to put God's word first. I need to take that time and honestly delight in his word and and unfortunately, sometimes we don't delight in his word because as we're going through something, you know, and we're reading his word, we kind of get that conviction from the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden it's, a, hey, I, I'm doing this and, and life is great. And then you're reading his word and all of a sudden, oh, uh-oh, 
I'm doing something wrong. Man, I need to change what I'm doing. But wait, but I really like it. I delight in doing this. But it's against what God's word calls you to do. So that means you've got to change what you're doing. And, and, and you got to start delighting in what it says. And, and like I said, you know, we're all sinners. We all fall short. But, but at the same time, we've got to dig into his word. And, and I think every one of us gets so caught up in, in this whole delight thing. Hey, you know, it's so easy to delight when you're on that mountaintop, right? When everything is going great, you're like, man, Lord, I love you. I love you, Lord. I delight in everything you got to do, man. Thank you so much. And then you fall off and you're down that valley. All of a sudden you're like, there ain't no delight down here, Lord. There's no light either. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've allowed yourself to on that mountaintop, everything was great. Now in the valley, everything's not so great. And now you're trying a hard time to, how can I delight when my life is going crazy? How can I delight in you, Lord, when, when I can't pay my bills? How can I delight in you when, when this is happening or this is happening? And, and Lord, I, I don't understand it. Take a moment and realize what his word says. And if you truly take that time to put his word in your heart and you meditate on his word, when those times in the valley come, you're going to be able to say, hey, you know what? God's word says this. Well, God's word says this. And it's going to give you that power to back, come back up on your feet, continue to move forward, and delight in him through it all. Because he's still there with you. But see, so many times in our life, we let our circumstances or our past dictate what we're doing going forward. And we live on these past guilts or we live on these past things in our life. And instead of delighting in God's word and taking the time to, to dig in and be obedient to what he's called us to do. And instead of trying to have this pure life, we just, oh, well, it's just who I am. No, it's not. God has called us to be bigger and better than what we are. God's word tells us don't be anxious. God's word tells us yeah, to that we need to move forward. God's word tells us to, to dig into his word, to enjoy his word, to give him honor, to give him glory. And instead we get caught up, but, but woe's me. Ain't no woe's me. And I hate the saying, but so many people use it. There's times you just need to grab your bootstraps and pull yourself up. I've grabbed my bootstraps and they broke. Okay, but you know what always gets me out of that time is by spending time in God's word, by going to him in prayer, by having conversations with him, by having his word on my heart so that when I go into that battle and I take out that sword, man, I've got his word. I'm able to go to battle with his word because I've saved it in my heart. It's bringing me that joy and I'm able to move forward. It is my weapon against Satan. Even Jesus used the word of God against Satan when he was tempted. Now the reality is if you don't take that time to meditate on his word, what kind of weapon do you have? Maybe a little styrofoam sword. Maybe you got, I got some nail clippers here. I can poke them. We all need that sword of the Spirit. We need that Word of God to be with us, ready to go forward. And the reality is that God gives a promise to us for that. In Psalm 37, 4, it says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give your, you your heart's desires. The psalmist talks about delighting in God's precepts, and he makes a vow to never forget them. Never forget them. I, I love the fact, uh, both we, as grandparents and as kids, I remember when, when my kids were first born, back when we carried wallets, y'all remember wallets, right? And you'd open up the wallet and you know, 
there would be all the pictures of the kids, you know, and they'd fall down and be like, oh, look at this, you know. Now we pull out our phones and we put it all on Facebook and Instagram or TikTok, whatever it may be. But people are real quick, oh, hey, let me show you. Now, nowadays, if, if you look at my phone, it's like my dogs, you know. But, but I'm happy, hey, let me show you what my dogs did. My dogs have more followers on Instagram than I do, just so you know. But, but you see that joy and that adoration that comes with it. And, and even when, you know, you have kids and you're proud of them and you're showing people all these pictures and, and then your kid messes up and what do you do? You don't stop showing pictures, right? You continue to show them pictures. You continue to talk about, man, I am so proud of little Johnny. He's done this or he, you know, whatever it may be, and, and you find joy in what they're doing. And there may be times you got to discipline them, but you still find joy. And, and then as they grow up, you know, it was, man, look at that. Look at where they're at today, you know. And you take all that pride inside of them. You know, God does the same thing with you. He does the same thing. I, I picture, you know, God breaking out that wallet. Look at these pictures of Ken. Look at these pictures of Mike. Yeah. And along the way, we've messed up. But God don't show the mess up pictures. He kind of shows them good pictures. And man, you know, he, he, he got a whooping back here. But man, he's still a good kid. And he's doing what I called him to do. And, and I just want that same thing. The same joy I have for my kids the, the same loving I have for my kids, no matter what they go through or what they do, that I'm still always going to love them. You know, and, and, you know, hey, if my son murdered someone, guess what? I'd still love my son. I don't like what you did, but I still love you. There's a, a bond that goes there. And that's that same thing that God has for you. Hey, I know you messed up. I know you didn't do things right, but I still love you. I still care for you. And all he's asking us to do is give him back something. He gives you 1,440 minutes a day. How many minutes today are you going to take for God? How many minutes tomorrow are you going to take and give back to him? You know, some of you, well... Pastor, I checked my body. I did 60 minutes on Sunday. I'm good for at least, you know, six days. And then the seventh is a Sabbath, so I'm good. Nice try. If we're going to do what God calls us to do, we, we need to fill our life with what he calls us to fill it with. And, and Scripture actually tells us we need to fill our minds with God. And, and in Philippians 4, 8, it tells us, Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. So what are you dwelling on? Dwelling on stuff that makes no sense, stuff we don't need to be dwelling on? Back to the very beginning. So how can I live a pure life? How can I live this pure life? I think we all need to make willful choices and put God first. Take those daily practices, the daily routine of meditating on God's word. Develop that habit of, of doing it on a daily basis. Make God first in your life. Make his word a daily reminder that we take that time and spend with him each and every day. That's where it starts. And like I said, if you think you can't memorize God's word, guess what? You can still memorize it. It may just, as we get older, it may take a little longer. But there's still plenty of room up here in this gray matter. We remember stuff from back when we were six years old. If we can remember stuff from back then, guess what? God's not done with us learning new things. And guarantee there's something that we, you've learned new in the last week. And be like, oh, boom, it was like having a V8. I didn't know that. So there's still time to learn as long as you're walking, as long as you're breathing on this earth. You still got time to meditate in God's word. Amen.
but we need to take those daily reminders and move forward to do it. And, you know, and if you're here and you're saying, okay, pastor, but you, you don't know my life and, and this whole meditating on God's word and, and this whole pure thing, man, pastor, you ain't no way I can ever do that. Well, remember, we're never going to be pure. We're never going to be perfect until the day we meet Jesus face to face. But we have a chance to be better today than we were yesterday. We have a chance to be more obedient to God's word today than we were yesterday. We have an ability to learn more about our creator each and every day. And just let you know, we're all, as I said earlier, we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. So the person sitting next to you is a sinner no matter how holy they think they are. And there's some people who think they're holier than thou, but the reality is they're a sinner just like you and me. You know, the difference, of course, is this. It's like we rape sin. Well, you murdered someone. Well, you lied. Oh, well, your murder is worse than my lying. Well, in God's eyes, sin is sin. So it doesn't matter what the sin is. We're all sinners. Every single one of us falls short of the glory of God. None of us will ever be holy or perfect. But we can be better than we are today. But it takes those steps to move forward. And if you've never accepted Jesus and that's your excuse of, man, I, I can't be perfect, I can't be holy, I can't be pure, that's okay. None of us are perfect, holy, or pure either. We can only be perfect, holy, and pure through Him and through His Word, which works on us each and every day if we take the time to meditate on it. And if you meditate on God's Word, you'll know that in God's Word it says that if you confess Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And, it's, and I think that a lot of times it's like, man, Pastor, that's just too simple. You mean I just got to confess Jesus as the Lord of my life, believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, and I get to spend eternity in heaven? Yeah. No way, it can't be that simple. Yeah, it's that simple. And, and I think that's where people, no, nah, there ain't no way. There's got to be some type of rules going all the way back to if I gave you $1,440 a day and the only string attached was spend $20 a day on me. It's like, man, that's a pretty good deal. Accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and believing in your heart God raised him from the dead, that's all it takes. Now the work comes after it. Because when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, it means he makes the final decision on what you're going to do each day. And the only way you're going to do what Jesus calls you to do each day is by spending time in his word and knowing what he expects of you. Now the Holy Spirit's going to prompt you. The Holy Spirit's going to tell you, hey, you don't need to be going on this website. Hey, you don't need to have another drink. Hey, you don't need whatever it may be. But for most of us, we hear that and what do we do? We plow right through it. We just keep on going because it's what, what we want to do. If you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you're doing what he wants you to do, which is a whole lot harder than doing what we ourselves want to do. And if you're here today and you're like, well, pastor, I, I can't, I want to challenge you. Take time this week, memorize a verse. Start with 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Rejoice always. That was it. That's the whole verse. I bet y'all can memorize that, right? The hardest thing is going to be remembering 1 Thessalonians 5.16. The rejoice always we got, right? That, that's the easy part. Guess what? Memorize it. Guess what? That's one. Now keep going. Take all the little verses first. Jesus wept. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> see, see I, I know back there, I knew that was coming from that corner back there. <laughs> Jesus wept, got two down. 
You know, I remember back during youth camp, we used to challenge the youth to who could memorize the most scripture. And of course, that's the ones they came up with. Rejoice always, Jesus wept, pray without ceasing. It's like, okay, well, you know, it's like, okay, let's get some long verses. Uh-uh, I want to win, right? Well, if you want to win and put Jesus' word on your heart, take time and spend time in his word, amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything you continue to do in our lives. And, and Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, it's not always uh, easy to spend time in your word. But Lord, as we read through Psalm 119, and, and the, you know, how, how do we keep pure? And the way to keep pure is by spending time in your word, by having your word on our hearts, by, by taking the time and, and just glorifying you and rejoicing in all that you do in our lives. So Lord, help us to do that today and all the days moving forward. Lord, help us to put you first. Help us to seek to give you all the gratitude. And Lord, most importantly, help us to put your word in our hearts so that we may have it to recall when our times get tough. And Lord, make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.